0: Good morning, Rethink Life Church. How you guys doing today? Y'all doing good? What's well, an amazing time of worship? Hey, I'm so thankful that you're here. And uh, before I dive into today's message, I want to take just a moment. You know, one of our core values here at Rethink Life is honor is our calling. And I would like to put the spotlight on somebody and honor them for just a moment. Where's ba- Bailey Miller at? Is Bailey Miller in, in the room? Bailey Miller is in the room, is not in the room. Well, Bailey missed his moment to be honored. So you will have to honor him on your way out. Bailey Miller is celebrating five years of ministry with us here at Rethink Life Church. And uh, he is our director of production. He's the guy behind the scenes who does so much uh, that makes an incredible impact. Uh, Everything you see that takes place uh, when it comes to lights and cameras and videos and sound and all of these things. He helps oversee and helps be a part of an amazing team, and uh, we're so grateful for him. So give him a little high five on your way out today and let him know how much you appreciate him. Well, hey, today we're in part three of a series called Work and Home. Uh, We're learning from God's Word as it relates to how we can win in both of these All important areas of our lives, you know, it's been said that we're going to spend approximately some 90,000 hours of our lifetime, one-third of our life approximately will be spent at work in our careers. And then obviously so much of our time is spent at home. And yet both of these areas, many people need all, all the help and guidance and encouragement they can possibly get so they can win at home and win at work. But I think in many ways, many people are lacking the direction, they're lacking maybe the know-how when it comes to how they can win and how they can win not just at home but also at work, because I believe God's called us to be salt and light, and He wants us to make an impact not only on our families, but He wants us to make an impact on our homes. And so that's what we're talking about throughout this series. And today what I want to do is I'm going to share with you something that I think is going to be extremely vital in helping us accomplish that. Uh, Before I dive into today's message, Michelle and I a couple of weeks ago went down to uh, South Florida, to Miami, and we uh, were part of a conference, a one-day conference in Miami. And we were staying at the hotel where we were staying. We were staying uh, in a very short distance away from uh, the Champlain condominium tower that collapsed last year in 2021. In fact, I have a picture here of the condo when it was actually existing. And then there's another tragic picture here that happened out of the blue because of a Um, faulty structural issue that the condo was experiencing. What they learned after this tragedy, in fact, I think there's another picture here of all the, the rubble, 98 people lost their lives in this horrific tragedy, which could have been prevented, but because of corrosion that had been developing for quite some time, And some faulty structural issues that took place down in the basement of the parking garage, which was actually located under the pool deck. As a result of the corrosion that was ignored and because of the faulty structural issues that took place, literally one section of the entire condo, the east wing, collapsed. And you can only imagine the horror that took place, the sudden shock. I mean, it obviously sent ripple effects throughout our state. And many of you may have known people who were part of that unfortunate tragedy. But what's sad and what's crazy is to know that there was a work order that had already been through previous inspections and a work order that had been submitted to rectify the issues, but as a result, it had been ignored and neglected. And what's sad is that I think in many ways we can transfer a lot of that to what's going on when it comes to the atmosphere and the climate of our nation, where there seems to be, when it relates to spiritual and moral values of our society, there's a lot of corrosion. There's a lot of structural issues that have been ignored. There have been... For whatever reason, maybe just a attitude of dismissing the importance of where and how strong biblical and moral values play into our personal lives, into our family life, into our work life. And as a result, we see the demise, we see the corruption, and we also see the collapse of so many people, especially when it comes to family challenges and work-related challenges that our country is experiencing. In fact, Gallup just recently, last, uh, in fact, in June of this summer, so this is brand new, Gallup did a survey, and here's what they found. They found that when they asked people in America today, really their really their opinion, their perspective when it comes to uh, moral values, 50% of Americans now state that they believe that When it comes to moral values, we are in a very poor area of just spiritual and moral values in our society. And when they talked about the future, 78% believe that it's only going to continue to get worse. And so, here we have a situation where there seems to be a problem. It's a problem of corrosion. It's a problem of neglect. And yet we're seeing families, we're seeing businesses we're seeing leaders, we're seeing people of all walks of life whose lives are crumbling apart. And a lot of it is simply because they have never learned to build their lives or build their marriage or build their family or build their businesses on a solid, firm foundation of biblical and moral values. And so what we're going to do for a few moments Because if we're going to win at home, we're going to win at work, I believe we need to understand the relevancy of having strong biblical, spiritual, moral values play out in our home life, in our most important relationships, as well as in our relationships and in our conduct and behavior and in our decisions when it comes to the workplace, now, when you hear the word moral values, we would all assume we know what we're talking about. And yet, we're living in a day and age where a lot of people may not fully understand maybe what moral values are. So, I'm just going to put, put the cookies down on the lower shelf here for just a moment and give you some definitions. What is morality? Well, morality is the belief that certain behaviors are right and acceptable and other behaviors are wrong and unacceptable. What are values? Values are the beliefs, the guiding principles, and standards that are considered most important to an individual. In other words, they serve, if you will, as a compass that helps lead or guide or direct us to our true north. And so, when it comes to morality, when it comes to values, there seems to be a corrosion or even an absence that is taking place both at work and at home and in our society in general. And so with that, I just want to ask you a question before we go any further. What are the standards? What is the basis of belief when it comes to your moral values? When it comes to having an understanding of what is right and what is wrong, why something is right, Why something is wrong? And I think what happens is, is a lot of us just assume that everybody knows maybe what that is. But I think sometimes we fail to really clarify, and not just clarify it, but own it and live it in our own personal lives. And so with that, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter 7. And if you have your phone and you open up your Bible app to Matthew chapter 7, you can go ahead and do that. But I want to, first of all, kind of tee this up by saying that in 2019, Michelle and I, we had the opportunity to go to Jerusalem. And as we were uh, touring Jerusalem and parts of the Holy Land, one of my favorite spots, there were so many favorite spots, to be honest with you, it was an amazing uh, experience. In fact, Michelle and I uh, are looking to take a trip, and we would invite you to go with us. We'll be disclosing more details very, very soon uh, to Israel uh, next year in 2023. And one of the things that I had the opportunity to do is to stand and be a part of an environment known as where Jesus talked, talked and, and spoke on his famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And it's literally just off of the Sea of Galilee And it's an epic place, and you have to just kind of like visualize, you know, Jesus there on the hillside. You can see why he spent so much of his time talking to large crowds of people on hillsides or near the water. Water was because of the amplification of his voice, the the echo effect of people being able to hear what he was saying. And so, it's an incredible, beautiful scene just off of the Sea of Galilee, and You know, he had a large crowd of people. What Jesus basically did in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, and Matthew chapter 7 is he foundationally gave basically a sermon on spiritual and moral values. He, He addressed certain aspects of life and he helped them to understand because all they knew was their knowledge of the law. But Jesus came along and he clarified it and he simplified it and put it in a very practical way to help them understand what was right and what was wrong and why certain things were right and why certain things were wrong and how to apply these important truths into their lives. And then he wrapped it all up by giving an illustration. And he said in Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27, he said, everyone who hears my teaching, And applies it to his own life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. And when the rains fell and the flood came, with fierce winds beating upon the house, it stood firm because of its strong foundation. But everyone who hears my teaching and notice and does not apply it, ignores it. It can be likened to his life being compared to a foolish man who built his house on sand. And when it rained and rained and the flood came with wind and waves beating upon his house, it collapsed. And here's the reason why. It collapsed because he ignored the truth. It was swept away. And here's here's what's interesting. There are three takeaways. Number one, and I think this is something we all need to think about today. Number one is we need to build work and we we need to build home on values that matter. You see, the wise man built his house on an unshakable foundation. And it's interesting that Jesus talked about these two men. He talked about one who was wise and he talked about one who was foolish. Now, one of the things that's interesting, because there's a a difference between wisdom and knowledge, and I'm going to give it to you. Sandra Carey uh, said it this way, never mistake knowledge for wisdom. One helps you make a living, and the other helps you make a life. The word wisdom in Hebrew means skill in living. William Cowper said it this way, Knowledge is proud that it knows so much. Wisdom is humble that it knows so little. Billy Graham, the great preacher, said it this way. Knowledge is horizontal, but wisdom is vertical. Wisdom comes from God. Wisdom is knowing what to do. Skill is knowing how to do it. And virtue is actually doing it. And to do what you know is the essence of wisdom. So again, there is a difference between wisdom and knowledge. And a lot of people say, well, how do you know when it comes to what truly matters in life? Well, I like to always encourage people to think about these two specific questions. I believe these are the two most important questions anyone could ever ask. Number one, who am I living for? Am I living for myself? Am I living for God? Number two, what am I living for? Am I living for the here and now, the temporary things of life? Or am I living for the eternal things, the things that are going to last, the things that actually truly matter. So who am I living for and what am I living for? Two huge questions that really helps us define what matters most in our lives. And I talked about this during week one that one of the greatest challenges sometimes is that we get caught up in the busyness of life, right? We all get caught up in the busyness of life. We even may have good pure intentions and motivations but the problem is is we get caught up in the busyness of life and we can get so busy trying to make a living we forget to make a life in the process and so the problem is a lot of times is that what happens is is that we have a tendency to elevate knowledge and we have a tendency to elevate and celebrate skills and those are extremely important and I don't want anybody to misunderstand what I'm saying because we should all pursue knowledge we should all develop our skills. We should all strive to be the best and the smartest and the brightest we can possibly be. But we should never elevate knowledge and skill over wisdom. And the reason why is because we all know people who are off the chart smart. They have incredible intellect. I mean, they are amazing when it comes to their understanding and knowledge of certain areas of expertise. They are incredibly gifted with their skills and their aptitude and their ability to accomplish amazing, wonderful things. But again, we also know that there are many people who possess incredible knowledge and amazing skill sets, but at the same time, their personal lives are falling apart. Their marriages are falling apart. Their kids are in left field. They're making unwise, unhealthy, toxic, destructive decisions when it comes to their own moral character and integrity. And so... Yeah, we should strive for knowledge. Yeah, we should develop skills. And yes, we should give it all we've got. But at the same time, we cannot ignore. We cannot sweep under the rug and ignore the fact that there is a wisdom when, it's, when it comes to understanding how to live our lives according to God's plan and his purpose. We can't ignore it. And so, just to put it even more practical... The question is, how are you going to define and clarify these type of values that serves as your compass, that helps guide you and lead you to your true north when it comes to how you conduct yourself at work? Think about this for a moment. How are you going to conduct yourself when it comes to your character, your integrity, by not only what you do, but how you do it? Who you do it with and where you go and what you do when you're away, maybe from your family on a business trip. What do you do when you are alone with someone of the opposite sex? What about your text messaging? What about the conversations you have in private potentially with a colleague of the opposite sex? What do you do in the compromised situation that the world in our present culture doesn't think anything about or see no harm and foul in any of the above. But at the end of the day, if it is causing us to compromise and causing us to cross certain moral lines or it's causing us to lose trust or it's causing us to erode the trust when it comes to our marriage and with our spouse or in our communication, if we're saying one thing at work and yet we're living another at home or vice versa, all of a sudden there is a flaw, there Is a structural problem. There is some erosion that is taking place. Yes, we may be smart. Yeah, we may be knowledgeable. Yes, we have incredible skill sets. But if we are losing the spiritual and the moral battle of our lives, then we're building our lives at work and at home on sand that will fall. So, with that, we have to make wise decisions. And what we do, how we do it, with whom we do it with, what we don't do, why we don't do it, and why we don't do it with certain people. It's just plain and simple. And yet a lot of people, again, we check wisdom at the door during certain situations, during certain times, during certain places. I see a lot of parents, and I know we've been there, hey, been there, done that, bought the T-shirt, got the bump sticker, had the (laughs) keychain. Michelle and I, we've been married for over 31 years. We have three adult kids now, and uh, we've we've walked, we've been where many of you are at or where you're headed with your kids. And I just want to share my heart as a friend, as your pastor, as a fellow parent. I just see a lot of parents, unfortunately, who again put a tremendous value and priority on knowledge and skill for their kids. They want them to have the best, they want them to be exposed to the best, nothing wrong with that. And therefore, there is an expectation when it comes to the academic achievements and accomplishments. I like to call it the new holy trinity for many families. You see, the new Holy Trinity, yeah. Here's Here's where the present generation of parents fall when it comes to maybe the confusion of who or what they actually worship. I call it the three A's in the Holy Trinity. It's academics, athletics, and the arts. And what they do is they put all the focus on the academics because their motivation is, well, I want my kids to... Excel. We want them to grow in knowledge and understanding. We want them to achieve high, high levels of academic excellence because so much is weighing in the balance. Because if they don't do, you know, well at school and they don't make a certain GPA and they don't have, you know, certain scores and test results, then they're not going to get accepted into the elite schools. And we sign them up for all of the activities. And man, we take them from here and there. And they can throw a tight spiral. I mean, they can shoot fadeaway three-pointers. I mean, you know, they can knock the ball out of the park. I mean, they can they can sing, they can dance, I mean, they they got the skills, I mean, off the charts, amazing, smart, talented incredible. And yet they go off to college and the wheels come off spiritually and morally. I've seen it, I've witnessed it, and I've had my own heart broke watching kids that I know personally and their families, who all of a sudden they go to school and it's like, who is God? Because you know what? It was never established as a firm foundation in their life. Knowledge, yes. Skills, unbelievable. Wisdom, clueless. When it comes to life and making wise decisions. Let me give you a little fun fact. Did you know there is a 0.0296% chance that your child will become a professional athlete. I know that surprises some of you. If you have kids, you're probably thinking, oh, no, 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 you don't again met my son. He's next LeBron. You know, he's next Tom Brady. Let me just remind you, 0.029% chance that they will ever become a professional athlete. But you know, they have a 100% chance that they will stand before a holy God one day. And so we fail to see the importance of having an unshakable foundation. And so how do we do that? We got to help them understand God's precepts, God's principles, and how it all relates to the person when it comes to who God is because when we build our lives on the precepts which are the the commandments of the word of God and we take the principles which is the why behind the what and we apply them to our lives and they are all consistent based on the decisions we make with the nature and the character of who God is then we get to experience the promise which is God's blessings in our lives. We get to experience his provision and we we get to experience his protection. That's the reason why the Bible says in Isaiah 40 verse 8 the grass withers and the flowers fade but the word of our God stands forever we got to make sure that we build our lives and we build our homes and we build our work on the unchanging listen the unshakable truth of the word of God that ought to deserve a big amen right there Number two, so number one is we build work and home on values that matter. Number two, we base our decisions on what we value most. Remember the wise man, he stood firm, he stood firm on what he believed. His house stood firm when it was tested. Both men experienced the same thing. Winds, rain, man, the floods, they all came against them both. One stood, one collapsed. One stood firm, one had a faulty structural issue in his life because he built it on the wrong things. He built it on the temporary sand. In Psalm 15, verses 1 through 5, David said, God, who gets invited to dinner at your table? How do we get in on your guest list? Walk straight, act right, tell the truth don't hurt your friend, don't blame your neighbor, despise the despicable, keep your word, even when it costs you, make an honest living, never take a bribe. You'll never get blacklisted if you live like this. I love the way the message paraphrase translation captures that. And then it says, such people in another version says, such people will stand firm forever. So notice what David, because David, listen, because he valued God's truth, his words reflected the truth that he had in his heart. Because he valued kindness, he treated others with kindness. Because he valued honesty, listen to this, he kept his word even when it was hard and inconvenient in his life. And because he valued justice, listen, he cared for the poor and he refused to get involved in shady business deals in his life. In other words, he lived a life that was characterized in a way that honored God because of the values that he possessed. Now, we all know that David made some mistakes. He made a huge mistake that cost him greatly, but he was also considered a man after God's own heart. He had a clear understanding of the nature and the character of who God was, and he tried to build his life on those unshakable truths. And so, how do we do this? How do we actually apply the issue of building moral values, strong values in our personal lives. Well, let me give you an illustration. On the count of three, I want everybody to just tell me what your favorite color is. Just blurt it out. Just tell me what your favorite color is. One, two, three. Say it again. I couldn't hear you. One, two, three. Come on, y'all got to do better than that. Say it out loud. I want everybody to just tell me what your favorite color is. Just get it out there. Say it. One, two, three. I think you understand where I'm going with this. We live in a world and a culture today. Everybody's got an opinion, right? Everybody's, everybody, the, 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 the trend these days is that you got to know your truth. Know your truth, right? Well, you just told me your truth. Well, that's, that's a lot of different perspectives and opinions, Right? Some of you like orange, some of you like yellow, some of you like red, but it was total chaos and confusion because everybody was basically stating their opinion about their favorite color. But what if, what if we made a decision and said, yeah, there's a lot of amazing colors out there, but here's the deal. We're going to pick five or we're going to pick three. Let's just say we decided to pick one that was going to serve as our creed, our code. This was going to be our Main core value to represent our home, to represent our workplace. This is something I'm going to live my life by, and it's the color fuchsia. Y'all like fuchsia, don't you? So let's all say fuchsia on the count of three. One, two, three. Fuchsia. Come on, say it louder than that. One, two, three. Fuchsia. Now say it real soft. One, two, three. You see, we're all saying the same thing, right? Can you imagine how powerful it would be if we decided fuchsia, (laughs) truth, this value, this important truth of our lives is going to be applied at work. It's going to be applied at home what we do, how we do it, with whom we do it. We're going to live because, listen, we have agreed that this is what is most important to us. We're all on the same page. And that's exactly what we need to do. We need to get on the same page when it comes to our home, when it comes to what we do and how we do it, when it comes to work. Why? Because our core values is what drives our decision. And it's so important that we realize the power of core values. When our kids were uh, younger, in fact, my oldest daughter, she was um, going; she was in ninth grade, and you know, she was in high school. And there was a there was a young man who um, I don't know. He obviously he he was attracted to my daughter. And she got caught up because somebody was paying attention to her. Someone was, you know, this guy was kind of like Rico Suave. And so he was like, you know, trying to get, you know, in with my daughter. And uh, so one night at home, uh, I walked in and my daughter is on a Skype conversation. How many remember Skype back in the day? Well, she was on a Skype conversation on the computer. I see this dude. I didn't even know who he was. And so I'm like... I kind of walk in, introduce myself to the guy, and created a moment of awkwardness there for everybody, and uh, intentionally, on purpose, wanted to put the fear of God in him, put the fear of God in my daughter, but after their little Skype conversation, which ended pretty abruptly thereafter, we had a conversation. I said, what is one of our core values? And so we went through our core values, and I picked out one of them specifically, And the core value was purity is our heart. It was just a core value that we decided as a family, this is going to be a very important value that we are all going to agree that we're going to work together and having purity of heart in every year of our life. Spiritually, relationally, physically, we want to have pure hearts. And so we talked through that, but I did a little investigation on the guy. And so, later found out that this guy, he was kind of like Sexy Steve on school campus. I mean, he was Rico Suave. He was, he was whining and dining with all the freshman girls. And when I learned his reputation and learned the fact that our daughter was on his list, I shut it down. And here's what I told my daughter, Rebecca. I said, Rebecca, do you know who this guy is? Do you know his reputation? I know he's Sexy Steve. I know he's cute. He's got a fun personality. He's bigger in life. He's Joe Popular on campus. I said, but listen, we're not going to focus on Sexy Steve right now. I said, what we're going to do is we're going to pray and we're going to wait for Steady Eddie. (laughs) Because Steady Eddie is the guy that you want to wait for. Sexy Steve is not your guy. We need to wait for Steady Eddie. And praise God... God brought Steady Eddie into my daughter's life. Our son Daniel, our son-in-law Daniel, a godly, godly young man, loves Jesus with all of his heart. And so thank God that we had a value that was a non-negotiable in our home. Did we have a lot of tears? Yes. Did we have some arguments? Yes. Were there some awkward moments? Yes. Did we have some silence in our house that lingered for a few days? Yes. Did we have all the challenges that everybody else has? Yes. But thank God we stood firm on a value that made all the difference in the world. Instead of going after sexy Steve, we had some steady Eddies that God brought into our family. And so listen, we got to stand firm when it comes to what we believe, we've got to stand firm when it comes to the decisions on what we value most. So here's what I gonna encourage you to do before I wrap this up. Go to, listen, go to thewinningfamily.com. That's a ministry of our church, winningfamily.com. So when you go to the winningfamily.com, we put it front and center there. It's available for you. You can download a free values worksheet. And I encourage you, as an individual, as a couple, maybe collectively as a family, spend some time walking through. There's a lot of values that we've identified on this worksheet. Narrow it down to about twenty, and then take it from about twenty to your top ten, and then narrow it down from your top ten to maybe your top five, and. Take those core values and begin to solidify and begin to affirm what it is that is going to be most important to your life, to your marriage, to your family, what you're going to do at home, and what you're going to do at work. Joshua 24 said it this way, so fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshiped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors that served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites whose land you now live? And then Joshua, these were some of his departing words before he died. He said, but, but as far as me and my house is concerned, we've drawn the line in the sand. We've already made, already made the decision. What is most important to us in our house is we will serve the Lord. And I want to challenge you to do the same, both at work and at home. So what do we do? Number three, be committed to living our values every day. What did Jesus say? He said, everyone who hears my teaching, notice carefully, that's the knowledge. So again, we can get knowledge. I'm often challenged by people who will say, well, didn't you know that there's certain ways to teach the Bible? Yes, there are certain ways to teach the Bible. Well, I like the Bible to be taught this way. I'm like, well, that's great. Well, I really prefer this method of teaching. That's awesome. I don't really care what you like or what method you choose. Because it's all irrelevant if you don't apply it. What good is information if it doesn't translate into transformation in a person's life? There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. So I'm not here today to give you knowledge. I'm here to give you wisdom from the truth of God's Word. And here's the thing, it is about applying it to our lives. We have to be what we want to see. So if we want to see the atmosphere of our home, the atmosphere of our marriage, to see the atmosphere of our relationships with our kids change, then we can't just talk about it. We can't preach it at each other. No, we got to live it out every day. You got to be what you want to see. That's it. Hey, when it comes to work, hey, We can talk all day long about ethics and about, you know, this and about that and policy and procedures. That's all great. There needs to be protocols and there needs to be things in place. But at the end of the day, if it's all in a owner's manual or if it's all in just some discourse of information, then it's irrelevant if we don't actually apply it to our lives. So therefore, we have to set aside boundaries that are determined and defined by the values that we hold near and dear, that are most important to us, that are built on truth. And when we live our lives and we apply our lives to the truth of God's Word, guess what? We come under the umbrella, as I stated a few moments ago, of God's blessings, of His favor. Listen, of His protection, of His provision. You want God's favor and blessings and provision and protection on your life? your marriage, your kids, your home, your career, listen, your finances, just build it on an unshakable, firm foundation that is built on truth and watch what God does with your life. And that's not just me. Listen to this. Proverbs 3, 6 says it this way, in everything you do, work, home, everything in between, in everything you do, put God first and he will direct you He'll guide you. Listen, He'll be your compass. He'll help navigate your life. And listen to this, and He will crown your efforts with success. You want to win? You want to win at home? You want to win at work? That's how you do it. And watch what God does. He will crown your efforts with success. I do my best every week to put the cookies down here on the shelf on the bottom floor so you can get them, receive them, apply them, because I want to help you be what you want to see. And I believe with all of my heart, That the only way that we're going to be brighter light is to actually live what we say we believe. When we live better and we shine brighter. We're going to see things change at work. We're going to see things change at school. We're going to see things change at home. Because we will begin to see things develop because of the role and the influence that we are helping to make when it comes to making an impact on the lives of those around us. Let's build our lives, work and home on a firm, unshakable foundation that will stand forever. Amen. Let's bow our heads together in prayer their our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for just a moment. I know that there are some of us in this room who... You all are faced with different situations and circumstances, both at work and at home. And sometimes things are complicated. It doesn't always fall easily into place. It's not always clear when it comes to how to navigate certain things or how to have certain conversations or how to make certain choices and decisions about certain things and I get it I understand that's why we need wisdom we need wisdom on dealing with a broken marriage a wayward son or daughter some financial challenges that you're going through, some compromised situations that you have been asked to participate in at work. We need wisdom. The book of James says, if any of us lacks wisdom, then let him ask of God. And some of us here today... You're going through some deep waters. You're going through some challenges. The the winds, the storms, the floods, the rains. You're going through a lot of that right now. And I just want to encourage you today. Seek wisdom. Get with one of our Next Steps team members. Get with one of our prayer leaders. Get with a small group leader. Seek wisdom. Some of you here today, maybe you're here through the invitation of a friend. Maybe somebody invited you to come and be a part of this service. And, and maybe for the first time, you've realized that you've been focusing your life. You've been busy making a living but you have failed when it comes to making a life. And Maybe what's missing in your life is a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And if you're unclear and you're uncertain about where you stand with God, can I just invite you where, right where you are just to surrender. Just to hold up the white flag, so to speak, and just say, God, I surrender. I, I'm going to stop living my life, my way, I'm gonna stop living according to what is right in my eyes. I wanna put you first in my life. And I'm gonna trust you to lead me, to guide me. The Bible says, for whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord, will be saved. Right there at your seat, you can call upon Jesus to forgive you of your sin, your mistakes, your past, your failures, the flaws. today you can have a new beginning. If that's your need, would you pray this prayer in your heart Just say, Dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner. I turn from my sin. And today I believe that Jesus died on a cross for me. And I believe he arose from the grave. And today by faith, I'm inviting Jesus into my life to forgive me and to save me and to change me. If you prayed that prayer just then, as our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, and maybe you prayed that prayer with me online, would you let me know if you're in the room by holding up your hand high toward heaven today as a testimony to that? If you prayed that prayer, watching us online, just tap the little hands-raised button there or tap in the column, I decided we'll send you something here in just a moment. Father, we thank you for these that lifted their hands, for decisions that have been made in people's hearts. Lord, as we come close to you, we pray that you would come close to us. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, somebody, let's give God a little shout of praise and celebrate with those that made life's greatest decision. That's awesome. If you pray that prayer with me in the room or online, I want to draw your attention to this card. It looks just like this, our Connect card. You got this when you came in earlier and you'll see at the bottom there there's a little blue line it says I am giving my life to Christ and if you prayed that prayer with me and you raised your hand I'd love to know that you did so all you got to do is put a little check mark in that uh, space there and uh, obviously if you're a first time guest you can put a space or put a check mark in that space next to that as well and a couple things we want to make available to you number one if you prayed that prayer raised your hand fill that information out And uh, if you joined us online, you can uh, just put I Decide in the chat. We'll send you an electronic copy of this. But here's what I'm going to encourage you to um, do. I'm going to encourage you to fill this out. After you complete it, you can drop it in the the offering container, or better yet, take it to what we call our Next Steps booth out in the lobby. And uh, we have a little booklet we'd love to put into your hands. We also have a free Bible. If you need a Bible, whether it's in English or Spanish, we'd love to make available uh, some resources to you, answer any questions you have, and help you in your spiritual journey as you take your next steps. And if you're a guest with us, make sure you complete the information. Again, you can drop in the offering container or you can take it out to the Connect tent. We have a free gift um, that we hope you'll take a moment, pick up on your way out. It's just our way of saying thank you for coming and uh, it's an honor to have you with us. And next week, uh, the first Sunday of October, we're going to be, And uh, which is hard to believe. Can you believe we're already at first week of October? That's just like crazy. This year has flown by. But we're excited because next week is our uh, monthly welcome party. So it's, a, it's just a place. It's a step. It's an opportunity. It's a venue where people can come together who've been coming to Rethink for a while or maybe you're brand new. And you'd love to just know more about our church, to learn more about how you can take some next steps, how you can meet people, how you can get involved. We would love to have that opportunity with you. We feed you. We take care of your kids if you have children. And uh, you can sign up. Go to the Connect Tent on your way out and sign up for that. We're going to prepare for our offering And so I just wanna remind you there uh, in the connect card, there's a little white envelope, looks just like this. Feel free to utilize this if you would like to put your offering, Uh, if you're guest with us, obviously we don't uh, anticipate or expect you to be involved to participate. If you want to, that's between you and the Lord. But for those who call Rethink Life, their church home, uh, we would encourage you to utilize this opportunity as your moment to worship the Lord through this area of giving, through our faithfulness and obedience in this area of our spiritual lives. And so uh, many give online, many give through the convenience of the offering each week. Some give through text. It doesn't really matter how you do it. The most important thing is, is that we're faithful in our giving. And we put God first, we give him our first and our best. And when we trust him for the rest, it's amazing what God does. It's like that verse I quoted a few moments ago. God just has a way of blessing us and crowning our efforts with success and so i just want god to be in the middle of everything i'm doing amen so let's invite him in the process as we pray over our offering father we thank you for the opportunity to give the opportunity to um lord it's just our expression it's our heart to say thank you for all that you've graciously and sacrificially given to us through your son jesus we know that you loved so much that you gave your one and only son So today we give back to you to honor you, to say thank you. Lord, we kind of a privilege to be able to worship you through giving today. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Come on, everybody. Let's all stand to our feet and let's worship as we give today.